Y'all, today's episode is so good. I have my friend, Nikki, and we're talking about brand strategy. Now, if you're like, Brandy, 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 I don't even have a logo. It's so much more than that. Or if you're like, Brandy, 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 I already have a logo, cool colors, all that. Y'all, Nikki's going to break down the 13 pillars of brand strategy. And I learned so much from this episode. Right now, I have a notepad full of notes. So do not jump off here. Let's dive on in and learn all about brand strategy. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. I'm super excited today because I have someone who I recently had the privilege to get to know on her podcast. And I'm super excited. She's on our podcast today. And that is Nikki. And we are talking all about brand strategy, y'all. So this is going to be so great. If you've been like, what the heck is brand strategy? And how can I use it in my business? And is it even right for me where I am at my business? So Nikki, I'm super excited for my audience to get to know you and meet you. So please tell us a little bit about who you are as a person and then about what you do for your business. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we connected over these last couple of weeks. You've been an inspiration and just thanks. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Nikki. I live in South Florida. I grew up in New Jersey most of my life and relocated down here about 10-ish, maybe 11 years ago. I have a four and a half year old little girl and I'm pregnant with my second with a little boy. And I live here with my husband and we've got our two dogs and we live a pretty active outdoor lifestyle here, boating, biking, paddleboarding, snorkeling, a lot of water, water activities here. And I grew up, like I said, in New Jersey, I was a gymnast most of my life, went off to do collegiate cheerleading and then found my way into some graphic design classes and just fell in love with like computer graphics, really. And, you know, obviously this was a while ago, but I was one of those kids who like, like would scrapbook everything and like cut things out. It was like always like being creative and like DIYing things. So when I realized like, oh, there's this whole like, graphic world digitally, I was just in my element. So I quickly left. I was at the University of Louisville. I left there, went to the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale and got my graphic design degree. And from there, I started working in licensing for a bit with children's sporting goods. We would work with like Disney and Marvel and like Hello Kitty and all these fun brands that now I'm like, oh, my daughter's like into all these things. And I'm like, mommy made a really cool skateboard one time with this on it. And so I did that for a bit. And then I was in electronics for a little bit, doing packaging design, worked in a sign shop for a little while and sort of then made my way into teaching yoga, which was weird. I was like living in New York, going to work. It was dark out, trucking through the city. And then I would leave and I would go to yoga. And by the time I got out of yoga, it was dark. And I'm like, I'm not like seeing the light of day here. 
maybe I want to like learn how to teach yoga and like do that along with design work. So I ended up finding a school where I could get my teacher training. I got my teacher training. And while I was in the middle of that, I started a clothing line called Jiva Active. So by clothing line, I really started a legging collection, like initially of all like sublimation printed leggings. So obviously my background in graphic work really played into being able to create these patterns and stuff for these leggings. I knew nothing about like actual pattern design for like making something fit good. But I was like, I know when something fits good once it's on and I can design all these prints. So I did that and my sister and I did that together. And we grew that over the course of like four or five years. We had swimwear and loungewear and coordinating sports bras and just like a full clothing line at that point. And in 2017, we sold the business and really kind of that all happened out of like, I knew I was like desiring something more, but I like didn't really know what at all actually of what that would look like. And I was just getting ready to give birth to my daughter. Her birthday's October 4th. And we finalized the sale of the business in like early September. So I had my daughter sold this business. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing from here. So I had the luxury of like, and I realized that it was a luxury to like take a little bit of time to figure out like, what do I want to do? What did I love so much about Jiva? What didn't I love about it? And that sort of led me to consulting other small businesses, mainly female owned businesses. You know, I worked, we did a lot of wholesale. So I worked with a lot of like yoga studio owners, online retailers, fitness gyms, things like that, who were carrying our line. And I loved getting into their business and like seeing what they were doing, what they were up to and how they were marketing. So then I started consulting these other businesses and through like niching and organically just figuring out, I kind of landed more into the service-based provider space, online female business owners, and really just supporting them in growing a brand and building a brand that they are excited about and that's attracting their ideal dream clients from day one. And so that's sort of where I'm at now in my work. I love this because so many times people think that like success just happens overnight and you've had lots of success in very different areas. And also it's so funny to me whenever I have anyone that does any like brand strategy or graphic design or web design, y'all are the only people that actually use your college degree (laughs) for (laughs) what you went to college for because everyone else, like I'm history and international relation. Clearly I'm not doing anything with that. And any other service providers, like nothing to do with what they're doing now, except for you creative people, like you are still doing what you went to school for. So I always think that's so funny. That makes me laugh because I feel like when I think about being in graphic school and taking all these design classes and art classes, like you really can't do it if you don't like it. Right. Like you can't like be, it's, it's very different than being in like a business class, right. Or like art history class or where you're just like, yeah, I'm doing it. I can study. Like you have to really actually like being in the digital creative space in order to make it through those classes. And art school is like, you're in it, you know? And I remember when I was there thinking like, 
literally like I love doing this work so much. Like I love branding work. I love graphic design. And I go through phases where I'm just like, I don't feel like designing anything. Like I have a designer who helps me with my own stuff. Cause I don't always have the time, space, energy to like be designing certain like things that I, you know, need social graphics, et cetera. But like when I get a project that I'm like super excited on, like I'm in my full zone of genius and like just time does not exist, you know? And so it's funny because I feel just like if you do have a web graphic, some degree like that, you really liked it. And so, and like, Hey, we're in a great time of life where it works, you know, and no matter what our economy and businesses go through, social media has just taken off and graphic work and digital like creative work is needed more than ever. Yes. I 100% agree. And I think you said one thing that's really, really important that no matter if you're in creative areas of service provider or not, is that you said when you get something that you're super excited about and you're in flow, time does not exist. And this is what I talk about with happiness level. Like it doesn't matter if you're an ad manager, if you're a podcast manager, if you start taking on more projects that like get you super excited. So for podcast manager, like, why are you running a podcast that you don't want to listen to when you know, that's like part of your job. So putting those clients, like saying like, no, this really doesn't align with what I work with instead working with those clients that like get you so stinking excited that you can't wait to listen and edit their podcast every single week. Or same thing with ads. Like if it's something that you don't want to do, like it's not a product you would ever purchase. Why are you running ads for those people? The more that we can align with our values and our happiness level, the more that time does not exist, like you said, Nikki. Mm. And I think that that's so important. And I know that probably a lot of people tuned it out because they're like, I'm not a graphic designer. This applies to all services and courses. Like if you're a course creator, like why are you creating something that you're not excited about? That should be the number one thing on your list is making sure that you love what you do. Yeah. And also to add to that, I think that it's important to note too, that like I've created things like a course, let's just use that as an example, because, you know, whether it was like, that was the thing I thought I was supposed to create, or I had a coach or whatever it was. And so I created it. And while like, sometimes for me, I like the creation process, right? So like I made the thing, did it all, got it all, you know, whatever, sold it, have people in it. And then like, I realized like, huh, like I don't really like running this the way that I intended at the beginning. And I think it's okay to also like get a pulse check, like once you're in the work and be like, how do I feel about this now? And know that like, it's okay to, yeah, to course correct yourself and be like, I'm going to change the way that I, you know, run this container and I'm going to do it in a way that feels more aligned with me. Because I think like, I know personally, like I've gotten stuck in unhappy periods of my business where I'm like running something or doing something just because that was like what I was told to be doing. And then I'm just like, I don't even like doing this. Like I dread showing up for this call or whatever it is. The key part here is like, I felt like that was the only way to be successful. And if I didn't run it that way, then like it wasn't going to work out the way, you know, I wasn't going to make money from it. I wasn't going to have a successful launch or whatever. And I do think that like success waits for us to like click into our own like magic. And when we do, then everything sort of flows in a more holistic way. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, think that they're bound to whatever situation they're in. And one thing that I'm very big on is your offer can always change. What you deliver can always change. Like you're not set into anything. You definitely have to deliver on the promise. And that's why we make promises that are very specific so we can change serve scale soar. It's almost been three years now since we created it. It doesn't look the same now as it did three years ago because there's been times where I didn't want to have calls twice a month. I only wanted to do it once a month. There's been times where I wanted to be more involved. And so it's always changing. And too many people think that like whatever their first idea is, is what they have to say. And to bring this back to brand strategy, I think this is true with branding as well, is that people think whatever they have now is what they're stuck with. So Nikki, Mm -hmm. tell my audience, what is brand strategy? Good question. I think people like interchangeably use like brand, branding, brand strategy, brand identity, like all sort of like commingled for me. Like I'm a super visual person. So I always think of like brand strategy as like the umbrella of like all of the things that make up like the internal parts of your business and like the external parts of your business. So we have 13 parts to a brand strategy. Brand identity is the easiest one that people recognize. And that one is one of 13, right? So brand identity being like your logos, your colors, your fonts, any sort of visual elements, design elements, imagery, et cetera, like all kind of falls into that brand identity space. But brand strategy is really sort of like that is our communication channel to the way that we connect like everything that we do in our business to our dream clients. So things like your mission and your voice and your values and your value proposition and you know so basic and foundational as like your goals and where you are planning to go. Also like brand pillars, like what are the things that you focus on as a brand when you are communicating or when you're launching? Then you have like the external pieces like your services and your offerings and your brand identity, etc. And also within there is understanding who your clients are. And I think at the core of like brand strategy for me is about making easier decisions in your business. Right. And I'm always thinking like, I don't want to have to like guess about what my audience needs. Right. I don't want to have to guess about what they're struggling with. I don't want to have to just like make up an avatar Or like a dream client and like, just be guessing. Like I want to go out and I want to connect and talk with them. And the way that we do that is through our different like channels and the ways that we like connect with our audience. And so brand strategy for me at, at its core is really like the foundational inner workings of your business and the way that you are communicating with your audience met with these external things. Like irresistible offers and visuals that are attractive. Again, like these things are all sort of fluid and can change over time. But what they do is when you have all of these things figured out and side note, like you're never too early in your business or too green to do this work. Brands that you love, like the Target I mean, I'm going to use like really cliche brands, but like Target or Starbucks or like Lululemon, right? Or like Patagonia or Amy Porterfield or like Marie Forleo or like these other people that maybe you look up to, they somewhere along the way, like someone was like, pump the brakes, 
we have to like get this strategy stuff in place. Otherwise we're sort of like driving with no GPS basically. And even if you have an idea of where you're going, right? Cause a lot of people set some goals when they get started nine times out of 10, I think it lives in their head, but like, I like to get it out into some form of like something, but like, it's like driving to the destination and just sort of like going with the flow, which maybe for some people that works, but if you're trying to like fast track success, whatever that looks like for you, like a GPS is great. Right. And so that's basically what a brand strategy does. It allows you when an opportunity is presented to you to say, does this align with XYZ being like our values, our audience, our growth plan? And then these yeses and nos become intentional. And the more like correct answers you make along the way, in my mind, like I'm part woo. Like, again, it's like, yeah, I passed the test and like, I'm then experiencing the right things because I'm doing the work, you know, and I'm actually like checking in with intentionality and the whole process. Okay. So I want to go back to a few things (laughs) because I love this and you unpacked a lot. And so I want to unpack this a little deeper. One, I think it's hilarious that you just said I'm part woo instead (laughs) of like... Whole oh, <laughs> but I, I mean, love- like, I have a pile yeah. of crystals and a yeah. singing bowl next to me, but it. like, also, we're gonna like build a funnel that makes sense. I and, got like, my tarot deck, people. so yeah. I got you. So I love this. So I know because I'm wondering, and all my audience is gonna be like, "Wait, Brandy, she just left us in an open loop." Is what are these thirteen things? If we know that number one is the visual elements, brand identity, which I'm going to say I'm 100% guilty of when I hear brand strategy. The first thing I think of is your colors, Mm. your logos, the visual, but can you take us through the 13 really quick? Yeah. You're going to laugh because the visuals is actually number 13. Like it's not at all. Number one. It's funny because I'll share with you all 13, but like I have my brand identity breakthrough, which is like easy $27, no brainer brand identity product. And it's nine times out of 10, how people get introduced to my work, like through ads or, you know, organic content, whatever. And they always end up like into that product. But I know that that's like the most exciting. Right. And I always talk about brand identity, like shopping. It's like, who doesn't want to go shopping and buy new clothes? Like, which basically is what like a brand identity is. It's like what your business is clothed in and what it looks like, which is also why it can change right over time. It's like, we don't have to stick with the same thing all the time, but it's not the most important. It's one of 13 and it's actually number 13. Like if I could do visuals last, I would do them last every time. So let's talk about, we have your vision is number one. So this is where you want your business and your brand to go. Then we have your purpose. This is the why behind your brand and your business. So keep in mind that like, as I'm saying these things, like you've maybe thought about these before if you're listening, right? But they always just like, you've thought about it and it's lived in your head. And maybe you like wrote it down in a notebook on like page one, three years ago. And like, that's it, right? It's important to kind of check in on all these things, right? So we have your purpose. That's the why your mission is the what. So this is exactly what you do, who you do it for. And I like to have a long form mission and a short form mission, as a side note, <laughs> and then we have your difference. So this is the thing that make you and your business like the no-brainer choice. 
with your difference, like that could look like your product, right? Maybe your product is part of your difference. Maybe your process and the way that you deliver things is your difference. And there's like, you could really go into detail of how you uh, separate yourself from others in your industry doing similar things. Then we have number five is your value prop, value propositions. This is the promise of value that your dream clients can expect your business and your brand to deliver to them your values. These are the values that your brand is built on. These are the things that like connect you as a humanized business and brand to your audience. So do we care about the same things, right? Or are we on like polar opposites of the spectrum? And this is important because people like their money. I mean, I am this way, like I work hard for my money, you know, and I know that like where I'm putting my money, I want to know that it's going to people, places, and things that like align with things that I care about in this lifetime. And that's one of the ways that I get to like make a difference. I wanted to also chime in because values are really important to us. We've talked a lot about them on the podcast because also not only do they help buyers decide, but they help you make really smart business decisions because Mm -hmm. it doesn't come down to like, Ooh, like we just got invited to be a guest and it would be a really big opportunity, a speaking one. But this person and some of the people, they like don't totally align with my values. And so it would have been a massive opportunity for us, but it was a hard no because it's outside of our values. They don't value the same thing as we do. And we don't want to be aligned with people who aren't within our values. And so when you have values, it makes business decisions way easier as well. Yeah, I agree fully with that. A lot of these go both ways, right? A lot of these go from business owner to creating things and as a consumer to like looking on the inside also. Okay. So then we have your voice. So this is like the personality and the emotions that are used to communicate with your audience consistently. And like this shows up in things like the way that you handle customer service stuff, the way that you communicate with people through DMs, the way that you write sales copy and email copy and things like that. That one's a big one that really shows up in a lot of different areas of your business outwardly facing. Then we've got your story. So this is like the thing that sort of like captures the heart of your dream clients and connects them to like what you have gone through and where you have been and the things that you've experienced in that brought you to creating whatever it is that you do and how you want to instill change for them. Then we've got a fun one. We call these like your how we roll, how we roll statements. So these are like the real things that you want your dream clients to know about your brand and business. So these are things like we wear pink on Wednesdays, right? Just like fun things like that, that you can share throughout your marketing, through social media, through your website. Those are fun things too, because they really humanize like a business, especially when maybe, you know, for example, like in my own work, like as Nikki Arnsman, like there's a lot of me that is seen, but then I have like my shop brand boutique. That's like not really just Nikki. So that one, it's nice to really bring a human element into that business because it's a little less forward facing my face as the business, as like a service provider. Then we have your dream clients, right? So these are the people who love working with you and you love working with them. Your touch points. These are all of the ways that you connect and share content on a daily basis. 
that's good. If you're one of those people who struggles with like shiny object syndrome and like you get excited about when you get this email and you're like, oh, I should be doing that. Or like, oh, I should be doing this or I need to get more visible on podcasts. But like, if that's not one of your touch points in this season of business right now and a focus, it's real easy to just come back, reground and be like, what are my touch points right now? And how can I just continue to like dive in on those for this like period of time? Then we've got number 12 is your pillars. So these are the strategic topics that allow you to consistently create engaging content. And number 13 is your visuals, all the things that your audience sees that connects them to your brand. So that's like we said, your logo, colors, fonts, any visual imagery or uh, graphic elements, et cetera. Well, thank you, Nikki, for taking us through all 13. (laughs) And I know that people are going to hear this and be super overwhelmed by it. Like some people are just (laughs) going to be so overwhelmed by, you know, just all 13. So if they could start with maybe three of these, what are three of them that you say, like, these are your first three priority before you knock out any of the rest? Yeah, I feel like I always want people to start from the beginning, like in a chronological order, because I feel like they sort of got lead you into the next one. So like your vision, your purpose, your mission, like we call this the MVP, right? This is like your mission, your vision, your purpose. And these are like the foundational things. Like these ones actually don't change as often as like some other ones might shift and adjust as your business grows. So like for me, this is important because I think of when people are like, kind of how we were talking about earlier when you might invest in a coach or a program or this or that where you are being shown a way of doing something and you just kind of like go all in on it, right? And then you realize like, oh, I actually don't, like I've adopted someone else's goal or like I've adopted someone else's like desire to do something. If you have like that MVP figured out, you know that you want to like, travel and be like location independent, right? Or you're not and you want to like have a farm and like grow a huge family and have like 10 kids and be like homeschool mom and work like like 10 hours a week, like whatever it is. It's so important to like have that vision from the beginning because then you don't like you don't throw spaghetti at the wall you know you're kind of like then you're like okay does that fit the vision if it doesn't then like like this wouldn't make sense then for me so mission vision and purpose feel like the first place i would have yeah. someone go the caveat to this is that i know obviously people like the visuals they want to feel legit online. They want to look good. It sort of fills up the confidence cup when you feel put together in the same way. If you were to like be going to an interview and you're like, I'm not going to show up frumpy because I have my vision figured out. Like, you know, like you're like, no, I want to like dress the part and like feel really good and like knock this out of the park as a human. Like I understand that that the visuals are exciting and confidence builder. And sometimes that's the thing that allows someone to just show up and start. And like Brandy, you and I know that like showing up and starting is essentially like what has to happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say that like, 
no one's going to hire you because they're like, and then this goes for course creators or service providers. It's like the icing on the cake, but no one's like, Ooh, Brandy, I love that orange color that you have on all your stuff. So I'm going to buy your course, but they are like, Holy cow, Brandy. I love that you are on a mission to help women have more financial freedom so they can live a life of more choices, whatever that looks like for them. They are more likely to buy my course because of that. And so it is that confidence booster, but you don't need it to get started. And I would say that the MVP is way more important as well, Mm -hmm. because also it comes down to like, you can shortcut a lot of mistakes when you have this figured out, because I know that growing to a million, I had it in my head that I wanted to have a business like Amy Porterfield. I wanted a $10 million business per Mm -hmm. year. And I was making a lot of decisions based on that. And when it came down to it after like we hit the million and everything. And then I was like, I don't want a $10 million business that doesn't align with any of my core values. That doesn't align with my mission. That doesn't align with anything. And when we sat down and really started focusing on like, what is like, what I want. Like, I don't want to have a big team and a $10 million business. You got to have a big team. What can provide for my family travel, creating memories, giving back to other people and helping people also achieve the same results in their life that they want. And it's not a $10 million business for me, but so many times we do adapt other people's visions, like you were saying. So I think that getting clear on like, What's important to you? What do you want out of your life? Some people have maybe a $50,000 a year business. And that's amazing. If that provides what you need, that's amazing. For some people, it's a 500,000. Maybe it's a million. Maybe it is a 10 million. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to decide, like, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for your life? And we don't have to have these businesses that we see other people having to hit our goals because our goals aren't their goals. I agree. That sort of feeds into why I feel like the brand strategy work itself is so valuable and it's like never too early to do it is because it allows you to say like, all right, here are my building blocks for what I desire to create and who I desire to work with. It gives you as a business owner, the opportunity to really position yourself into CEO role, which is sometimes a hard place to be in when you are the marketing director and the social media person, you know, and customer service. And I think for a lot of like early stage service providers, like you are kind of wearing, you are wearing all those different hats, but to be able to like pause for a second and dive into like the foundational parts of your own business. And like we have brand strategy blueprint, which goes through all 13 steps. You work through it in an actual workbook and then you put everything into like this beautiful branded template to have as like an internal document for your business. And this is amazing because it allows you to get all of this like out of your head into like a document. It's like a brand plan, you know? And then as you are growing and you're making decisions and you're hiring and you're bringing on someone else, and that might be like your first assistant or something, it's really nice to be able to say, here's like where we're at. This is our like full brand profile of where I see things going, things that we care about, the things that we value. So like as we're creating customer service email responses, let's make sure we're using this tone. The cool thing is that 
it's like you're everything gets built on this, like everything moving forward gets built on this foundation. And so it allows you, like you said, to like skip a lot of like the BS and the like little mistakes and things that happen along the way when you're like, gosh, if I just like taken the time to like figure out blah, 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 blah first our voice or our this or our that, like we wouldn't have like dealt with this or we wouldn't have launched that product that made zero sense for like our actual client. I love this, Nikki. And I think so many people are going to get so much value out of this. And before we wrap up, I definitely want to do some rapid fire. So are you ready? I think so. What is the favorite tool you've ever used? Probably... I use FG funnels for like everything. It's been really nice to be able to like consolidate all of my systems like into like this one and get a lot of things automated. I'm like super about automation right now. And so that's been really cool. So that's probably my number one favorite tool right now. So we have been in the testing phase of FG funnel because, (laughs) and another one. So it's built off high level. So, and so we've been playing around with it. Do you find that there is a big learning curve? Yes, there is a learning curve. The customer support is really good. What I do recommend is like, I have a tech person who is like FG funnels, like through and through. So she's kind of like my go-to when I can't quite figure something out. But once I got the hang of the system. I came over from ClickFunnels. So once I got the hang of the system, I was like, oh, there's like so much that I can do in here that I couldn't do in other places. Yeah. And I know this is going to be a shiny object for a lot of people. And what I will (laughs) recommend is... If you're not text, I feel like I'm super tech savvy. Like I am a tech savvy Mm. person and I will own that. And it was a massive learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. So here's what I would say. Unless you're like super techie and you need like a ton of bells and whistles. Like the only reason we're trying it is because we do sales calls and everything for Mm -hmm. beta to biggie. Stick with Kajabi y'all like do not get sidetracked. Like Kajabi is so user-friendly. We still use it for like 85% of all of our stuff, but FG funnels is definitely for more tech savvy. If you're doing a lot of sales calls, if you want deeper automations, but for most of you, Kajabi is going to be plenty. I just, yeah, don't want I was on Kajabi. And I think this is just like the growth mechanism of yeah. these like sort of tech stack, right? Is like, I think I started out just like creating something in Wix. And then from there, I was like, all right, I need Kajabi. So then I like got Kajabi. And then I was like starting to learn how to build like SLO funnels. And I was like, all right, I think, and I have a client that I just built an SLO funnel with in Kajabi. So it is doable there. We've made it. Um, multiple six figures doing it. So yeah. yeah. So it's doable there. And then I ended up in ClickFunnels somehow through something. And then I was in Julie Stoyan's Digital Insiders. And that's how I ended up getting into FG Funnels because I was in that. And I was like, oh, this is what I should do. Love it. Okay. So what is your best piece of business advice you've ever received? Probably... I'm going to share like a quote, which is really like, what got you here won't get you there. And so anytime I struggle, like I feel like I'm stuck or I'm in, like I go through phases where I'm like, I'm going to go be a lunch lady, like at my kid's school, you know, like I've like gone through phases where I'm just like, I'll walk in somewhere and I'm like, I could work here. Like, this is fine. I can just throw it all away. I always find that like taking a break and realizing like, okay, in order for me to go to the next level of whatever it is, I have to go through this like period of like ungroundedness and know that like whatever got me from zero to 100 is not going to get me from 100 to 500. So that may be 
new tools and resources that may be like cleaning up something else in my business and finding something new to support me, like a coach or some mentorship or something like that. Or it's like scrapping an offer and creating something new. And so just keeping that in mind. I love it. And then uh, what does success mean to you? Success for me has always been being able to make decisions out of like joy and just desire versus like desperation. And so when I know that I can like say yes to a family vacation or time away with my husband, or I renovated my whole house last year, like from my business, this was like, because of that, this is like success. I'm like sitting in it. So I'm like, even when I have periods of my business where I'm like, I'm going to go be a lunch lady. (laughs) Like I said, I still am like hyper aware that like everything I'm in right now is because of like success in my business. And I I have to remind myself of that often, like right now in this moment. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's so beautiful. And so Nikki, I've loved this discussion. I think so many of my listeners are going to get so much value. So where can they connect with you, find out more about you and just say, Hey, the easiest places, Instagram at Nikki Arnsman. And yeah, you can check out that if you want to get started on brand identity, brand identity breakthrough is great. We can link that up. If you want to talk more about brand strategy and learn about brand strategy blueprint, reach out. We can connect, um, talk about all the branding things for a long time. <laughs> and she has a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Come listen. I just, Brandy's episode when we're recording this just came out this week. So you can go and check that out. Um, listen to other stuff there and definitely like reach out, connect. And I thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Nikki. Y'all, how good was that? Some of you are probably like, Brandy, I knew that brand strategy was more than logos and colors. I did not. I'm going to be real with y'all. We have voice guides. We have a lot of this, but I didn't know that the whole thing was brand strategy. So I have a whole notepad full of notes and I hope you do too. And I love that Nikki said, start with your MVP, your mission, your vision, and your purpose. Because when we have that, that's why people will hire us. That's why people will buy our programs. That's what connects us and builds relationships, not your colors, not your logo. And it's never too early in your business to have your MVP. So go on and let Nikki know what this episode did for you, how it's impacted your business and start implementing the MVP y'all. And if you're ready to scale your business, send me a DM and let me know, are you focused on -on one-on-one services or creating a course or membership? and I will connect you with the right free trainings. So until next week, my friends, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the success you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.